This podcast is brought to you by EnergyX. Are you tired of paying huge rates to the big cloud providers? Are you worried about being booted off a cloud platform if your company doesn't meet their ever-shifting standards? Ready to step up your data security and disaster recovery game? Well, ladies and gentlemen, your new cloud is ready. Introducing xCloud, the scalable, resilient computing cloud that is also actually affordable. It's high-performance compute for half the cost. HPC for HTC. xCloud from Red Team is opening a beta program for new cloud computing customers, and that means you, my friend. The xCloud is powered by the XMDC Immersion Cooled Modular Data Center from EnergyX. I've seen this data center in operation, and it is a total game changer. So if you want more information about the beta launch, go to the URL in the description. Type in promo code BETA, B-E-T-A, for 50% off of your first instance. And so the URL is going to be digitalwildcutters.com forward slash energy. X. This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode. You know what? I appreciate all of you that have been listening for so many years. We were just talking about before we got on the mic. They asked me how long we've been doing this. And this podcast has been going on well over five years. And so a lot of y'all have been riding with us since the very beginning. So just want to give you all a shout out in this holiday season. A lot of gratitude. Appreciate you guys. We've got the guys from RevSolves in the studio today. What's going on, guys? Good. Uh, nothing much. Glad to be here. I'm ready to dive. I'm ready to just dive right in. We've uh, okay. we've cracked open a little whiskey. Yeah, you know it's a Cheers. it's a Friday. It's you know it's four o'clock. Might as well. So yeah. high level. What is it that you guys do? So, kind of our why is in the completion space. Okay. Um, it's that you've got a four million dollar industrial process. We spend almost half of our well budgets on this thing. And what do we do? We basically throw a bunch of sand and water in to a black box and out comes some production. We've really focused a lot on the timing aspect of how quickly we can put sand and water into our box. Yep. But there's so much that could be done to make that process better. And we're really passionate about the fact that as we get to tighter spacings, we're losing the high tier acreage. We have to unpeel that box and be able to look inside to make that process more efficient and maybe more effective, improving our MPV per, let's say, um, square foot of, of stimulation. Mm -hmm. So really what we're doing is we're basically deploying modern technology, modern computer science, digitizing everything, understanding what's happening to understand the process better, to enable the better results on the output. So we're founded based on the principle that we're going to look at that stimulation problem. We're going to try and really get everything digitized, apply technology mm -hmm. to get better outcomes. So if you had to summarize, what is the one thing that people are are, are missing? Because you, you described it as as much sand and, and yeah. water in as into the black box and yeah. you get out the production. What are we what are we overlooking that is like the, the key that you guys have tapped into for for driving efficiency? I mean the the big thing is the data quality, standardization, mm -hmm. digitizing the data coming in. Okay. Like from the drilling space, we did it from like Payson. It was quite easy because there you have the drilling rig, everything's tied in, it's good. Completion is the Wild West. There's no even WITSML for completions. There's no standardization in completions. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is realizing that when you tap into a completion fleet, 
you're going to have to deal with unstructured data streams, structure them, deal with like offset wells. How do I get that data? It's sitting in a SCADA system. We're bringing all the data together first, cleaning it so we can use it, and then applying analytics and other tools on top to start understanding how we can actually do better in that process. Yeah. Is there, so is there, is this hardware, is this software, or is this both? Everything. And is there a consulting component to this, or is this your, you sell the hardware, software, and you give the companies access to it? Yeah. I mean, Mark, you've, sure. Yeah. I can, I can take it. So it's, uh, uh, no consultancy. Okay. It's more of a uh, uh, holistic, I would say, approach where we are providing the hardware and the software and, and all the toolkits and all the necessary functions, features, um, all the way from the diagnostics analytics. So the customer, client itself, will be able to provide and, and generate their own conclusion out of it, outcome, to get a better uh, insights about the job about the pad so it's uh it's it's uh the be, obviously the uh, the behind the software there's a data scientist uh engineers petroleum engineers mainly and the software engineers where we are putting our as much as possible knowledge experience and and uh, understanding so we can provide something automated and and clean data sets for the clients be able to manage their data and get their conclusions interpretations right away by yeah. themselves so I like mean, so yeah. like pace on for completions basically yeah, yeah. you want to summarize that the way because really when you start doing this you need edge devices yeah so we do iot boxes in the field we do connections to SCADA systems to bring data in cloud computing this is high frequency large data sets that are coming in at very high frequency no other type of um, system is going to work except for cloud computing. Yeah. When you're going to put deploy sensors in the field, have to be wireless. And if they're wireless, you need connectivity. And then these data sets are massive and large. And when you have them cleaned and structured to drive insights, machine learning, artificial intelligence, when you start looking at this problem, you realize that you have to deploy the full toolkit we have of modern data science in order to get to insights that you can use as a job's happening. What are y'all's what are y'all's backgrounds? How do we how do we first? get here? Uh, I had a long Slumberjay road. Okay. So I did a life over there. Saw 18 years in Slumberjay before before we uh, kind of got into rev solves. Um, did five years of wireline in North Africa okay. in Algeria. Then I shifted over to Canada. Um, I wanted to do something technical, so they cut my pay and took my field bonus. And I started as a production engineer, then a reservoir engineer, then a simulation engineer. I crossed into drilling for two years. So I worked in Tulsa for the drilling part of Slumberjay for a while. Two years in Brazil, where I was running a subsurface, large, a huge subsurface project there. And then I came to the States in 2013, where okay. I was at the beginning of the shale mm -hmm. downspacing revolution. Yep. And I worked in basically all kinds of business development roles around that, integration roles with other product lines. And my last job, I was running the full consultancy suite for Slumberjay in North America about 50 technical experts working under me doing all kinds of integrated projects around okay. unconventionals. Um, uh, it's, it's, well, I was born and raised in Baku, Azerbaijan. I'm not okay. sure if it is a well-known place. Um, I, Probably I, the first person I ever met from Azerbaijan. There you go, there you go. Um, nice place though. Yeah. Very, very um, cool, you know, modern and old vibe when it comes to the city and the country itself. 
So I got my bachelor's over there and then I got my master's in Lafayette, Louisiana. I, uh, in petroleum engineering, both of them. Uh, and then I started my career with, uh, in operator side. Uh, and it was with a major company, BP. And I worked in the multiple regions of BP, Caspian region, North Sea, Gulf of Mexico. Then uh, I moved to um, uh, uh, stone, stone Energy and it was in the Louisiana as well. Uh, it, they had different assets in the Appalachian, Appalachian Basin, uh, West Texas, shelf assets in the Gulf. So did lots of projects in reservoir and production engineering and, and involved into completion side of it. For the past six years, I moved into a uh, uh, Canadian side of it where I got my permanent residency and then the citizenship. So I'm the Canadian right now. Um, and uh, we, uh, I, st I switched my career from the operating side to the service side of it. And right now in the service side where I started getting involved as much as possible in with the IoT technology and where I started seeing lots of values, lots of um, uh, uh, potentials when it comes to adding adding benefits, advantages for the organizations, and that started leading me into into um, um, uh, idea where we can uh, put together those the gap that is existing right now in the market where we can standardize and digitize and 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 provide the clean data sets for the for the clients, and we founded Refsols, and Sam was one of our um, uh, uh, I would say initial members that joined the team at the very early stage of the company, and and since then we are uh, we are pretty much penetrating North America, South America, and yeah. and and it's it's um, it's getting uh, as much as possible uh, visibility in terms of what is the issue and how we how it needs to be addressed, and uh, that's what we provide. Yeah, because <clears throat> from my side, all those studies that we were doing, it was always looking backwards, mm -hmm. looking at the train wreck. Yeah. And then you say, well, you should have done this or should have done that. The completion should have been like this, like that. You go one mile over and it doesn't work anymore. Shale's not like a conventional field where you have one full model, the wells are all connected. The rock changes too much. So if you really want to get into the optimization space, you have to do it as the job is happening. And I was always looking for something like this. And when I saw what Mark and the team were up to, it was kind of, this is exactly the tool I've been kind of working on in the background for a couple of years. And they were just light years ahead where they were with the IOT, with the kind of the data scientists, software engineers that already had in place. I mean, we're engineers, but our team is 80% computer scientists or software engineers. So, so yeah. when did you guys go full-time on this? 2020, July. That yeah, was, was right around the time we did. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> doing the time. Yeah. We uh, we had left all the great things that were a little bit more uh, secure and and made us money and um, exited, yeah. sold, or yeah. shut down all of those things to go pursue this dream. Yeah. and then immediately oil we'll goes negative thirty seven. Oh, there's maybe <laughs> the there pandemic. Go. The, the pandemic does right. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, oh, this is great timing. I was like, God, I feel yeah. like such an idiot, but it all worked out. It's funny how that funny how it plays out. So. Yeah. Did you guys um, bootstrap from the beginning? Did you guys go out and uh, raise raise any capital? Um, it was, um, uh, I would say, you know, seed investment. Yeah. I'll put it that way, angel investment. Yeah. Uh, right at the beginning. Um, and then I would say late 2020, uh, everything started bootstrapping. 
And yeah, we received some grants here, there from the government, uh, but overall, everything was a bootstrapping. Yeah. And now we've got kind of a, you know, we have clients, lots of clients in place, so we're mm. able to grow out of our cash stream. That's yeah. perfect. It's, yeah. Okay. That's where you want to be. Um, uh, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it's challenging in terms of um, having a funds available for you. You can invest on the technology. You can invest on the uh, resources uh, faster and and get the product com in commercialization yeah. uh, sooner mm -hmm. into but, the market. But there's a risk too, yeah. though, because there's a risk again, too. Yeah. you can take a lot of money from somebody, mm -hmm. not have a focus for it. And you can blow through a lot of money and not be Absolutely. any further ahead than you could being focused. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, definitely a balance. There's a pros yeah. and cons. Uh, yeah. Absolutely into that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So you guys go, you go full time. Do you focus on building? Do you, do you build the edge devices or do you procure the edge devices that, and that's what I get. And you, I'm guessing you built the software. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys build? What did you guys buy? So we built in-house everything when it comes to data science and the software. Okay. So the software package that integrates the data science into it, it's, part, it's our in-house built uh, product. When it comes to the hardware, we're purchasing from the manufacturers, we assemble it in-house uh, according to our needs and, and deploying to the assets ourselves as well. So it's management of the uh, operations is also on us and the uh, uh, assembling is also on us. But the equipment where, yes, we were purchasing. And then the output is, is this dashboards that people are using throughout the various stages in the completions process? Yeah. So, I mean, there's kind of three modules that we show to our customers. We have a fourth, a machine learning piece that we've kind of working mm -hmm. ourselves. But really, the first one is the treatment while monitoring piece, which is everything about time. How well are we using our time during the frack? Right? You can set an objective that, you know, two hours per stage. But you can break it down further. Understand we've been the wireline data as well. So we can break down exactly which stage is doing, how it compares to the next stage over, um, where the wireline runs consistent. I mean, you can look at a job, for example, that was very successful. It finished 10% before it was supposed to be finished. But you drill into the data and you see things like, you know, the wireline pullout speeds on four stages were not nine minutes, they were 25 minutes. And you add that up, you get that's two hours. You look, for example, on the pressure testing side, you should build a pressure test in a couple of minutes. You find four stages that pressure tested over 30 minutes and there's another four hours. So just by looking at the data and looking for key insights, you can realize that, yeah, we're 10% ahead, but still, we still wasted a significant amount of time on the field paying for it when we weren't being productive. This is typically the company man. Um, so we see all that data coming in mm -hmm. and then we, we basically have a, an interface that is easy to use and can use It's on a mobile device. It can be on a computer. So we give access to everybody. We don't charge by the user. We just charge when we acquire data. We want everybody to have full visibility, full democratization of that data. And so and then that's from everybody that you're pulling data from as well as to where it's being sent to. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything around that job. The company man can see it and can interface with the software. It's easy to use. Yeah. The engineer can see it as well. Everyone can see the same data sets all the time. Give me some examples of the kinds of data that you're pulling in. So, yeah, yeah sure. Um, so yeah, just just adding into that previous one, it's 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 all the way from the site uh, to the office uh, with the cloud. We are giving the uh, providing the access so so they can monitor their wells. They can see this, those uh, key performance indicators. 
and efficiencies on their dashboards on uh, all the time 24 7. and um, uh, the data that we're pulling in is the frac data which is kind of coming from the frac van and we're setting our iot device industrial IoT device into the van pulling all this uh, inf information uh, data all the, all the way from the slurry propane concentrations and send it to our clouds the same way from the offsetting side of it where the surrounding wells so that your is wells, basically. wells yeah. yeah and we're getting the pressure data uh, mainly out of it surface gauges we're putting our surface gauges on that and streaming everything to the cloud as well and once we get into the cloud the i would say magic starts right there yeah and actually another exciting thing about the uh the parent side as well is that yes run gauges wireless no problem but because of the way we structured our cloud we are tying into people's SCADA systems and bringing their SCADA data into our system as well, which means that infrastructure they've already paid for can be used to look at how the wells are interfering with each other as well. So we're basically can, instead of, you know, I mean, gauges get expensive, right? Yep. So it might only run like maybe 10 gauges. We can throw a huge net over the field and monitor everything using the infrastructure of our clients, which is really- Saves the cost. Saves a lot of cost. And so yeah. you're monitoring multiple pads at once? We can. We can, okay. Yeah. What's like the most you've done? Wells, um, 40 wells. Well, I would say with the SCADA and yeah. uh, wells, I would say 80. 80, 80 wells 80? at the same time, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, it, from one pad. Wow. One pad and then the surrounding it's wells. It's a super pad. Yeah, <laughs> well, well it's, 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 the, it's the pad with the six wells or eight wells, depending on how yeah. many yeah. wells, and yes. then the surrounding yeah. wells, depending on how dense yeah. it is. Um, like the one inside surrounded by all the other wells. Yeah. yeah, and it could be 80. So you said once you get all the data together, that's when the magic happens. Let's unpack the magic. What is what is the magic? Um, you want to go first? Sure. Go for it. Um, the, uh, we talked about the KPIs. We talked mm -hmm. about the efficiencies and that everything comes from the frac side of it. And all those um, uh, automation that we have applied from the data science perspective, um, the peaks, the flags that we are highlighting, the breakdowns of the activities within the operations, everything goes into the uh, uh, charts, plots, tables, so you can see and, and see the uh, correlations and see the discrepancies mm -hmm. between one stage to another stage. And in 3D as well, and 3D geometrically. Yeah, and, 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 giving, and adding a 3D visualization into it is becoming more uh, granular information about your pad itself, how this one stage is compared to another one. That's from the frac side of it. When the upper, uh, from the uh, offsetting side of it or the parent, parent wells, it's becoming more of uh, uh, alarming and, and putting the smart alarms where you can put you know, thresholds, slopes and, and, and differentials and, and get alerts and get the push notifications whether, whether to your phone, to your email or even buzzing on the screen that gives uh, 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 instant alerts where, where you, can, you can prevent and do some defense mechanism or, in, or reactive uh, approach to your wells. And then the last piece where we are trying to marry these two data sets together and get some more uh, diagnostics and analytics on top of it. And we're talking about the interference analysis, interference mm. between the frac well and the offsetting well. The, the pad that we were talking about with the 80 wells has uh, to, I would say maybe most of the time, you know, 50% of that could be in communication with each other. Mm. And that communication is, is most of the time is not desirable 
and when we see this um, uh, in interferences, it, it, it could be uh, causing your production impairment or wellbore damage, integrity is issue. And, and in order to avoid all of that, there's no tool out there that is going to do everything automatically for you, picking all these events, picking all these interactions, the degree, the magnitudes, intensities, slopes, and then uh, giving you some insights about how you're performing from one stage to another and what is your communication degree. And if that communication is not desirable, why we're continuing putting that much energy down, down to the well? And it becomes already a cost issue because uh, the, the MPV, MPV. Mm -hmm. return on investment of, yeah. of what you've pumped. And, and you can see it live, instant. So, so you guys are going, are you guys going into the financial side and actually giving? Um, we're not, I mean, we're not there, not there yet because the financial side yeah. means getting into someone's financials, which yeah. in oil and gas is fairly protected. People yeah. don't want to tell you what the true cost base is and what their return is on their production just by, mm -hmm. you know, but we can provide them tools to basically understand when they're having early interactions, which they can use to then basically make better, better decisions about what to do, whether it be diverter, cut stage, keep pumping, or even just to learn for the next pad pad. Yeah. So, so are you guys, yeah. are you guys focused specifically on the completions stage? Or are you guys hanging around once it's actually in production with, with SCADA? I would say primarily during the completion. Okay. So from the start of the completion till the end of the completion, we are on the, on the, on the pad and we're watching offset wells and the frack wells and then, uh, uh the, the cracking down and getting this um, uh, insights about the interference, if there is any interference. Yeah. Once everything is done, uh, obviously everything needs to tie it in at some point to the production, how my production is doing based on these interferences. And, and that we have, we have that ability to plug in the production data and analyze the production data, post them and, 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 and pre, uh, uh, pre, the, pre the job, and then analyze how much rates we have uh, lost and what is the reserves. So all of that is possible and, and, and get into the, into the commercial, commercial values as well. I mean, the discussion we had kind of before we came on about, you know, before the guy to manually edit all the cameras and now mm -hmm. AI does it automatically. Yep. In this space, it's the same thing. This interference analysis would take an engineer weeks to do this. Two to three weeks typically to pick all these events, mark them all, you know, I kind of line them up and do it. And now we provide that instead of someone having to sit there and do it manually, it's being done as it's happening instantly. Mm. And the consequence of it being a two to three week task is that most companies know it was valuable, but unless it was a specific pad with a specific problem, it wouldn't be done. But this way you can get a, a database of statistics about what's happened that can really use to drive learning going forward. I mean, this sounds like it's, it's, relatively it's an easy concept but very complex to actually pull off in reality what have been some of y'all's biggest challenges that y'all have kind of faced along the way i'll take the first one and i'll, I'll pass the biggest one is actually this is truly a big data problem it's a computer science problem silicon valley problem you're trying to use all these tools edge devices cloud computing AIML, we have, like say 80% of our staff are doing that, but we didn't try and hire petroleum educated people. We find the best people in those fields 
and the educational process is, is a challenge of finding people who can bridge that gap. And like I say, the reason we developed so fast is because we really feel we have, you know, a, such a strong background about software and data science with our knowledge about oil and gas has allowed us to develop quickly. But that was a huge challenge, I think, the people aspect. And I would say, um, uh, you, you mentioned that at, at the beginning, right, right at the beginning, the data quality, the stand, data standard. Or lack thereof. It's, it's, it's the huge issue in the completions. Just because, you know, we're investing a lot. Yeah. We're investing a lot in completions. Drilling mm -hmm. part of it has been explored and, 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 and been into, into optimized, optimized levels at this point uh, very well. When it comes to completions, we're spending lots of millions into that, billions into it. But at the end of the day, we are still don't know what's happening. And everything starts from the data. If you don't have a data in your system, in digitized, standardized, synchronized and, and clean data set, you cannot do a lot. And, and, and that is one of the challenges. And it goes from one com frack company to another frack company. Yeah. Everyone sends different yeah. type of data yeah. formats. So you need to standardize all of it. You need to clean all of it. On our to... side, we have to standardize it. And we are, we are the ones, not yeah. only us, but you know, there's mm -hmm. few companies yeah. um, are, are tackling into the, into the same problem. We are yeah. trying to get into um, uh, details of it, how we can make it apply to all the frack yeah. companies. Like Drilling has WITSML, for example, mm -hmm. the standard. Every drilling company uses the same language. Going it's like the only thing standardized from a data perspective in the entire industry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, uh, once you have that part solved, you already like 50% yeah. uh, solved the problem. And then the rest part of it is just a crunch in the numbers and seeing what the data is telling you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that part of it is already powerful machines that are out there and, yeah. and you can apply everything in the cloud and get your results. Yeah. What do you think, is this something that you come in whenever you're presenting to prospective clients? Is this something that sells itself or is this something that there's like, there's convincing, like do, does everybody agree that there's a problem with this or is there something that sometimes you kind of have to overcome a little bit of a hump in terms of showcasing the value? Interesting. Yeah. I would say that everyone agrees there's a massive problem, Okay, but what do, does the data mean? Mm. What do these interactions mean? How can we, you know, get confident enough to make changes or even change our planning? That's the real hurdle because it's been a black box for so long that now that there's data out there and we can do it on a scaled, you know, field-wide type of level, now it's basically the, the um, it's not education that data, the data is good. It's more just how would I change my process? Because mm. in, you know, like the unconventional space is very process oriented. So it's kind of how do you put the interaction between wells into the planning process and also the operational process. But the actual value of the data itself, everyone knows it's valuable. Everyone's tried to do it. It's just, we have done it the way we've always done it. We put engineers into the process we kind of hard code it, we kind of do it manually. And now the tools are available to actually scale this. And we're basically in the scaling business, not the, you know, just the one off interpretation business. 
Yeah, so for so long, nobody had access to all this data. So now everybody's like, well, now we have access to it, but we've never really had any experience of like actually taking and interpreting and figuring out yeah. what does it mean? Because you guys said it's just like massive, massive amounts yeah, of but, data. But I mean, there's like an example, two from this week. Um, number one, Permian Basin company wanted to basically thought they had a barrier, thought they could put well above it and basically get another bench. And from our data sets, <laughs> it was pretty clear that that didn't work out. And the investment in that was in that one pad was, you know, a $20 million test of the idea, but they were planning to do more of that. So this was a way of quickly, you know, of proving with other data sets that that barrier didn't hold. Another one from the Eagleford, you can see from our data sets is a clear fault running through the pad. They didn't realize there was a fault there and they laid their wells into the wrong landing points because they didn't notice. And this pad had happened four years ago, well, three years ago. And even now talking like, oh, now they're going back and looking to see if there was that, where the fault was across that section. Three years after the fact, every other well laid in across that part of that reservoir would be hitting the wrong target point because everything shifted by 25 feet. Mm. So those are material $100 million type of things that just come from illumination. We're very good with data, but as engineers, we need data to work on. Yeah. Obviously, there's been a rise of, of AI over the past, particularly last year, uh, especially last six months. Is this something that you guys see in your roadmap in terms of implementing? Like, does it actually make sense? So like, because you're capturing data from the, door, from the source, going to the edge device, you have this unique opportunity because in theory, you have this clean data, whereas if I was at the same conversation with somebody that was managing, say, production data or just company-wide data, there's a lot of cleansing that would need to happen yeah. to even take place, right? So is there is there any applications that you guys are thinking of there or is that like kind of a pipe dream at this point? Um, short answer, yes, it is. It has been on the roadmap from the beginning. Yeah. I would say from the start of the company, uh, we are true believers when it comes to the statistics and when it comes to machine learning, uh, AI, that's the only way. Uh, that's, the, that's the way you can get to the answer. Um, every company, I would say operators, are doing lots of physical modeling, numerical modeling. Um, uh, they also apply some statistical approaches. Um, and, and I do see, and I would say oh, overall, the uh, company, uh, the core team is seeing that machine learning is going to get us to the right solution, right, right answer. And how we're going to apply it is, is, is really uh, going to be iterative process. But at the end of the day, um, you can find the correlations and we do see the correlations already from the frac to the offsetting wells, from one pad to another pad, from one well to another well, there is some uh, indicators that we can see the pattern that is happening. And, and all, all we need to do is just, you know, get it together, put it together, which you are doing already, and, and, and get into uh, predictiveness of it. Yeah. So, I mean, really kind of what we're looking at is, you can imagine we're, we're getting all this data about wells at different spacings, different treatments, different depletions around the wells. We can invert the problem, which means that if you say, I need to land my wells here, which you can't really change because at least line constraints, you're stuck with your spacing, basically. You know the depletion 
then you can actually put like a planning flag on these wells have an issue with communication and then you can play with a toggle which you can control which is your completion so we're actually actively looking at that trying to invert the data to predict before it happens because we have so many data sets now about when it happened mm. what are you guys most excited about moving forward me you um you go first <laughs> i'll go second i know exactly what it is for um me. uh there's several i would say sides of the excitement um it starts all the way from first engagement with the clients uh when you get when you get engaged with the clients because uh, there's so many ifs and 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 thens uh, when it comes to what the data is telling me and and the, you don't know how the conversation is going to go you don't know how it's going to uh continue and that's part of the excitement that happens that's the on a daily on daily or a weekly basis but when it comes to future i really do see how the completion world can change dramatically drastically and 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 we're close to it and if that if we are gonna get when i say we i'm talking about as an industry uh if we get to the point uh once we crack this um uh, puzzle all all is going to happen is just a continuous chain effect and we're gonna see how uh, better wells low uh, costs uh reduced costs that are gonna happen on the wells on the on the pads uh higher performances productivities is gonna increase so that excites me a lot and we're not far away i'm 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 lit really believing that it's going to be in this uh in this decade for me maybe even more general for me what excites me is that it's getting so close with clients now they can see the inefficiency they can see there's ways you can see these things happening and identify that this was really close to my well and this was fully connected and it didn't go anywhere else but into this well that what really excites me is getting to the point where as an industry we realize that we can change. We can change our completions. We can actually do things in the black box process mm -hmm. to make it better, both from time and both from cost and from production. What really excites me is finally getting that level where, you know, getting at least one or two of our clients to really push to the next level, which is realizing that a completion plan can change while you're pumping and that's okay to get a better result. This is super exciting. There's not many people that have been focused on this space, period. You know, and so it's uh, it's it's really cool to see what you guys are working on. So glad to have you here. Um, if somebody wants to reach out, if they're like, we have an absolute disaster in our completions phase, we need you guys to come and help us. Where do they where do they reach out? Uh, there's several ways. Um, uh the first place is going to be our website. All the contact informations are, are listed in our website, which is going to be refsalls.com. And uh, uh, then it's going to be one of us or the, our uh, sales team, which is uh, led by Sam Rogers. And, and uh, I'm not sure if we need to provide the contacts here right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. Can, you, you guys are on LinkedIn too, so they can reach out to you there yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sam and Rogers on LinkedIn. Um, 832-540-4254. We're available. We're like on every social media. We're, we're just, just go to Google and put Rev, R-E-V-S-O-L-Z. You'll find us. We're, we're, yeah, we're everywhere. 
Super exciting, guys. Thanks again for taking the time. Yeah. On a Friday, late in the Friday, hey, we yeah. got some whiskey out. Yeah, that's good. Um, this is fascinating. And so uh, excited to keep up with you guys and see how this continues to evolve in years yeah, to come. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you guys enjoyed the episode, take two seconds and share with all your colleagues. Send this to your entire completions department. Let them see it. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Come, 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 come.